So Netflix has been, they got the rights to this this Motley Crue thing a while back and and um, released the movie uh, Friday. And Danny sent us a note. We were talking about, you know, seeing it over the weekend. And you sent a really funny text about, you guys need to watch this. I've watched it. Just fight through it because you're going to laugh because it's so bad funny. Yeah. It's so bad that it's good, and then you're reminded that it's not good, which makes it bad again. But then you're laughing the whole time and and rolling your eyes. Like our buddy, good buddy Patrick said that the dirt made Bohemian Rhapsody look like Shakespeare. Seriously. <laughs> it's like a like a, a seventh grade radio TV film class yeah, made this like movie. It's like a Scott Bayo after school yeah. special. It is. Yeah, it's very it after is. school specially. The writing of it. Now, this is the beautiful thing. All right. The writing of the film and the dialogue. I don't know if either one of you have read uh, The Dirt, the no. book that they all collectively wrote. It is so third grade reading level. And it reads kind of like they talk, bro, and effing yeah. this and effing that. So it, it if they adapted it from the book and made the screenplay, it's, it's pretty accurate. Because what you have are four damn near illiterate human beings <laughs> like the dumbest guys yes. ever self-admitted was, too like yeah. they would admit that they're dirt bags yeah they, they this, know this was so bad that it 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 makes me like mick mars i know played by the great ramsey bolton from game of thrones don't even try to pronounce the guy's real name I'm yeah not. yeah if you watch game of thrones he played the most hateable insidious character on that show and, uh, yeah, there he is, is Mick Mars. The voice of reason. Yes. Out of all the guys in Motley Crue, I mean, I have never been anything even remotely close to a fan. I've always tried to avoid them. And I can tell you very little about their body of work or anything they've done beyond just what I've heard out there in pop culture. But the one I've always been most revolted by is Mick Mars. You don't know anything about him. No, I don't know anything about him. It just seems like he is the one... That is the biggest a hole, the most hardcore, the the, the the most unlikable. He's the most quiet. Yeah. He's the most quiet. He yeah. was older than those guys. Like ten years older. Yeah. 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 He was and, older than all those guys and he, he comported himself in a in a much different way than those guys did. He just drank a lot. Yeah, in, in this he I mean, this turned the thing around on him for Sympathetic me. figure. Yeah. He's a voice of reason. He's got a debilitating, terrible spinal disease that is just uh. degenerative. Um, but yeah, he's kind of like the he's he, he's the guy that doesn't suffer fools, and that is a band of fools. Yeah. Well, it's really there's so much funny stuff in here, and the funniest line was in the first four minutes for me. There's a couple that I just died laughing at, unintentional, by the way. Yeah. This is not supposed to be funny at all. This is supposed to be this is supposed to be an inside look at the band and. Now, let me let me preface this. I I grew up, I did I was never a Motley Crue fan, but I did like a lot of crappy bands that played yeah. alongside side of them. So I heard the stories, read the magazines as a kid. I was into the genre, I just didn't like them. So all this stuff that's in the film is stuff that I have known for thirty some odd years since I was in middle school and high school. So. All the stuff about, you know, the thing you're about to play with Nikki Six when he was a kid, getting his mom arrested. I mean, I knew 
everything in there. There were no surprises. The the, okay. the, the, the story about Ozzy at the pool With snorting the a line of ants, it's legendary. Yeah. That, that story's been told a million times in a million different rock and roll magazines. Yeah, I've read about that. I did read about him licking urine yeah, I off think the ground. That might have been added because that was never reported in the magazine. And then licking someone else's urine off the ground. Did you enjoy that? No, did you? Did I? Yeah. No. <laughs> There's and a then, lot of boobs. I know you enjoyed those. And then if you like the you know the Aussie character snorts the line of ants at the pool, pees right in front of the pool, bends down, licks up his own urine, then one of the Motley Crue guys, Nikki Six or somebody pees right next to him. By the pool. By the way, they're where's next, security? They're next to the pool. Where is security? I don't know. And this was the eighties. Oh. Yeah, there was no security anywhere. <laughs> but uh, Nikki Six bends down to lick his own urine to just so he can be like Ozzy, and Ozzy pushes him out of the way and then licks his urine. His urine. And anyway. they're like, "Oh, he's a god, bro." Oh, bro! This is so stupid. More anyway, cocaine. Then they crapped in each other's pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. So then young Nikki Six, he's probably supposed to be 10, 11, 12 years old at this point. They show him in his room, and I guess that he had a pretty tough upbringing. Dad wasn't in the picture, obviously. and He stole his first guitar, walked into a guitar uh, store with an empty guitar case, and when nobody was looking, just put the guitar in the case and walked out. That's his story. Brilliant. So young Nikki was having to deal with the mother being very promiscuous and dating different men and bringing these men home, mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. And so he did not have a good home life. No, but this is supposed to be a very serious moment in the film. This is young Nikki, or Frank is his real name, yep. when mom brings home dude number however many. What's that? What's it look like? Where did you get it? You probably stole it. Who the f*** is this guy? You think I don't know where you got all Please. this so you noticed something I did, for once. Don't you talk to your mother like that, you little Seriously, who the f are you? You know what? I don't even care. Gonna be another you tomorrow anyways. You wanna know who this is? He's another man in my life that you're gonna drive away, just like you did your father! I was two years old, you bitch! <laughs> he left you! And how come he never tried to call you then, Frankie? <laughs> the best line oh my god uh, that you're just, gonna, you're just another man that's gonna drive away just like you did your father i was two years old bitch <laughs> i don't even care gonna be another you tomorrow anyways you want to know who this is and she's loaded like all oh, drunk so and hollywood boozed out uh, this is he's another man in my life that you're gonna drive away just like you did your father i was two years old you bitch <laughs> he left you <laughs> oh and i was like jumping up and down just <sighs> crying laughing it's so funny and then nikki six gets addicted to to well something he's gonna explain it to you yeah okay so this is a, a little kind of uh, Nikki's voiceover talking about how when Vince ended up killing the singer of Hanoi Rocks named Razzle in a car accident <laughs> and only did like 19 days in jail because yeah, of his celebrity. Yeah, how did he get out of that? Because he bought his way out of it. Drunker than a skunk. He yeah. killed someone and just didn't go to jail. Oh, and and the, the people that he hit messed them up real bad.
Anyway, so this is Nikki talking about why he didn't go visit Vince when he was in jail. Vince was my bandmate, my best friend, my brother. By the way, this sounds like the, the army in the army commercial, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about yeah. with that music? That's what the music sounds like. And it sounds like uh, the soldiers like talking a, to each a recruiting other. Recruiting video. Yes. Vince was my bandmate, my best friend, my brother. And I didn't call, I didn't visit. I didn't support him in any way whatsoever. Why wasn't I there for him? It was simple. I'd fallen head over heels in love. And she was the sweetest thing I'd ever known. She made me feel all the warmth and happiness I never knew as a child. Her name was Heroin. <laughs> Her name was Heroin. I just, and oh God, the shoot of it is, this it's a camera behind a naked woman, uh-huh. and she's walking towards Nikki, and he's like laying back on a couch or whatever, and then the second you get to see him, and you realize she's handing him a tray, and he, he goes, her name was Heroin. <laughs> and you see the <laughs> yeah, surgical the needle, tube around yeah. his arm, and oh my God. But it was so, I love you, Jane. So overdramatic. This is the worst movie you will ever see. Dude, I disagree. I loved it. (laughs) It is so bad. No, it's not. It is so bad. It is is so much. You didn't think it was fun? Yes, it was. It's such a fun watch. But it's terrible. It's awful. I know, but it's good. It's bad good. Maybe so. I mean, the costumes and the way they talk and how stupid they are yeah and, and the actor that played ozzy who the hell was that guy i don't know and the fact that ramsey bolton is mick mars it's insane and pete davidson was terrible know, he's, so, he's bad. so bad he plays their manager yeah i thought he was pretty good oh! and then the guy from billions is freaking doc mcgee oh their manager yeah. or whatever yeah their manager who was yeah. a big wig back in the day i've actually had dinner Wags. with that guy yeah Wags on billions. By the way, they said that there were so many uh, like complete inaccuracies in this movie that, that that they just didn't even care about. Like the fact that that Vince Neil was in a cover band, you know, and that's where they, they were supposedly Rock Candy or something like yeah, that. They yeah, they supposedly met him. Billy Squire. Yeah. yeah. Hey, by the way, Billy Squire, that song, what my, was the song? My kind of lover. My kind of lover hadn't been released when they met. That's... No, it hadn't been. Why would they pick that song? It hadn't even been released yet. That's crazy. Yes. Just for fun. I don't know. Uh, They said that they're meeting at the Denny's. That's not the way it happened at all. The meeting at the Denny's. Between um, uh, Tommy Lee and and Nikki Six, where they accidentally saw each other in the Denny's, and Tommy Lee walked up and did all that. They'd already met because Vince Neil was a fan of his drumming from some other band, and they actually did meet at a Denny's, but it was planned to talk about the future. Right. Um, There are tons and tons of inaccuracies what, what about that, the girl that lives underneath the booth at the rainbow for one purpose yeah, what was that on. that when everybody sits down she's just down there doing those things uh-huh. it's the same girl too yeah she's there like four years later great gig <laughs> yeah uh he didn't have sex with uh, uh, Tom, uh pete davidson's 
girlfriend mm-hmm. before the show that one time. They did have sex, and as Pete Davidson's character said, that really bothered me, you know, a couple of years later when I found out. The real story is that it was just some girl that he had brought to the show. Right, it wasn't that, a serious girl. No, that eventually hooked up with, with, uh, with Vince Neal, and he was like, I didn't care. It was funny. <laughs> it was no big deal for me. Uh, Tommy Lee didn't meet Heather Locklear the night of Vince's car accident, which mm-hmm. was portrayed in the movie. There's a lot of things that just didn't it didn't need to be in there. Yeah, you know what? The the Queen movie had the same kind of stuff. This is but this is in a way kind of like the Queen movie, but it was made on It's funnier. about a $100 budget. Yes. It's yeah. really funny though. And I man, loved it. I thought it was great. I can't wait to see it again. It it's also so took me back to the days of being a kid when everybody thought parents thought that they worship the devil. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Do you understand that these four Nimrods didn't give a damn about, about worshiping devil. anything. It was just like, yeah, we got to be, yeah, we got to be devil people. All they cared about was getting high and getting laid. Yes. Let me tell you something. If they drank as much in real life oh as was portrayed in that movie, none of them are alive. I mean, how many just Jack Daniels bottles are being drunk just right out of the bottle? The, the entire movie, someone's holding one of those. Yep. Anyway, it's fun. Watch it. It is fun, but it's horrible. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> awful. Just awful. Just like them. The ticket. Uh, three Your to seven precious. here. Bob, Corby, <laughs> Danny. Now, about 10 years ago, how long ago was this that, that George was championing this movie? The 2008 Campound. I cannot believe it has been that long. I can't believe that this movie, it doesn't seem that old, and it doesn't seem like the people that are in it, I, I feel like I feel like time has passed too quickly on this one. And uh, unlike, uh, unlike The Rock, where we read that in 1996 dollars, they made $335 million, which sounds like Titanic, quite numbers, um... I swear this movie went by and nobody noticed. No. It's become Except George. It has become a 100% cult classic movie though. Was Napoleon Dynamite like this when it first got released? Um, yeah, it did. I don't think it did that well at the theater. Yeah, I'm, I think that's I think that's right. It just felt like more more people knew about Napoleon, I think. No, I agree. There's no doubt. Oh, a lot more, but but, I, but I'm sim, you know similarly were, were they did that do great, and then once people word of mouth, people started you know renting it or downloading it or whatever. I think it was kind of like that. Obviously, a much larger film than Hot Rod. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. The budget for Hot Rod twenty five point three made fourteen point three. Oh no! Oh no! That sounds like a freaking disaster. I swear, though. Like. They made thirty-eight cents or whatever their streaming profits were for me last night on Netflix. I swear, everybody that I know now that Danny has seen this has seen this movie not only once but multiple times. Yeah, yeah, and and, and my my kids, I swear to you, there's nothing, nothing that they love more in life than Hot Rod. All right, so let's set this up. Yep, Hot Rod the. Uh, 08 feature film from the mind of Adams or Andy Samberg. Yep, who was right in the middle of his big Saturday Night Live run at the time. Yeah, everybody looks incredibly young in this. Right. I mean, they're essentially playing high school kids in their like mid to late twenties. It's almost like I don't know how old they were supposed to be. Right. 
You know, right. you don't know what time it's set in. You don't know where it is. It's that kind of film. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Sandberg plays uh, a daredevil. A wannabe. A wannabe sort daredevil. Of, yeah. yeah, like a public access daredevil. <laughs> Correct. If you will. And he's got his band of buddies. The crew. Yeah, the crew, which consists of Bill Hader. Now, it's funny because all these people have gone on to do such great things. And do yes. their own things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, think of where Bill Hader is right now with, with Barry. With Barry and Danny McBride with all of his avenues. Dude, Danny yep. McBride is a, I mean, He's both HBO's of those guys. darling. The, ba- matter of fact, Bill Hader and Danny McBride may be at the very top of the HBO pyramid right now. Could be. With th- those two shows that they're doing. So they're part of the crew. And then they have that, that fourth guy who was kind of Sandberg's partner that wrote all of those video shorts for SNL. Chris Parnell. No, 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 Chris Parnell, oh. the, the 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 little short his brother. Guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, who is that guy? He's he, part of his comedy writing ensemble. Okay, they're, they're very. That, I can't remember is his that name. That Jorma. Yeah, Jorma, Jorma. Tacone or whatever his name is. Yeah. Okay. He's all right. in all those videos that Andy did for SNL when he was doing that stuff. The real stupid Dude, videos. So that is the best character in the movie. Will Arnett is in this. Sissy Spacek plays the mom. Ian McShane plays the dad. And it's all about Andy Samberg and his relationship that he has with his dad. His stepdad. Step, stepdad, yeah. yes. His father died. Um, his mother uh, remarried to Ian McShane, who is his stepfather. And they have a really an incredibly rocky relationship. And Andy just wants his approval. He wants to impress him. And that's essentially the impetus of him trying to come up with... This big, grandiose stunt, not only to impress him, but to keep him alive from dying so he can fight him and kill him. (laughs) (laughs) The entire premise of this film is incredibly flimsy and insane, but it took me back to... If if this movie had come out when I was 16 or 17, I would have loved it. I would have seen it a million times. I would have known every line and quoted it. And if you put yourself into that mindset of being an immature, fart joke-loving, high school, middle school kid, this is a film for you. It's cute. It's funny. It's random. It's obtuse in its humor. It's stupid. Oh, it is so dumb. Dumb and awkward. I mean, it's it's Andy Samberg's style of comedy. If you know what that is, then you'll understand when you see it. And it's an acquired taste because it's incredibly dry. It's incredibly purposefully not funny and awkward, but you still find yourself laughing at it. Yeah. It sounds like it's very poorly written, but that's the charm of it. That's what he does. It looks like it looks like from the mind of a third grader and written in the text of a third grader. Like when somebody, like when you're a kid, you don't have good cut downs. Okay. So if somebody goes, you're just a stupid little kid. Oh yeah. Well, you're, you're a trash truck with doo doo on top of it. <laughs> right? You know, that's what this is. It's little yes. kid jokes, little kid cut downs. When you can't think of anything clever to say, that makes it hilarious. From the mind of Andy Sandberg, who is, and all, ever since, Chronicles of Narnia came out from SNL, whatever year that was. Yeah. I've always thought that guy was the weirdo, out there, crazy, childlike comic. He had his own brand of of the way to approach comedy. Yeah, like I find his, because Adam, uh, Adam Sandler was very similar in the childlike realm. Yeah. But Andy Samberg, to me, is smarter. His comedies are smarter, even though they may be dumber. I read that Sandberg wrote in continuity errors into this movie 
I didn't notice him at first, but like for instance, when he's singing the "I'm doing laundry in my underwear" song, yeah, <laughs> he's in his underwear, and then he leaves and he walks to his living room and he's wearing pants. <laughs> so he wrote that in just because he thought it was funny to himself. Yeah, they love stupid stuff, and they will intentionally throw in just the most the, the random curveballs just to throw you. And I wonder how much of it was improv too, like shooting scenes seven or eight times and just picking little parts here and there. I guarantee you that they just rolled the cameras and let those guys riff most of the time. Because that Gosh, crew so good. That did did you like the dance scene? Like where he, which where he ends up falling down the mountain? Well, that, oh, the, we're gonna get to that. Um Okay. I will I will say that that was probably one of the biggest key moments for me was the over the top insane fall down a mountain. You've never seen anything like it. <laughs> We've seen action movies where guys take a tumble and it's pretty great, but every time you think it's ending, it goes back even further and you'll just see like the base of the mountain and it's like, oh, he's done. And then like, <laughs> and it looks like he's shot out of a cannon. It physically, it, by the, the laws of physics do not apply to this fall down a mountain. I've seen no. it 47 seconds. Yes. I've seen it <laughs> how long he fell. 20 times. Seven seconds. And I, I swear to God, I cry laugh every time that scene comes on. Matter of fact, my wife has not seen that. She was dry heaving, convulsing the first time she saw it. Yeah. In that scene. It's because it's a whole flash dance scene. He's like, yes. well, that's the thing. He goes to, he wants, okay, so he's upset and he goes to his private place to, to decompress, which is in the woods. And he's in his daredevil outfit, drinking beer and smoking a joint. And he gets into this <laughs> dance routine alone and trips and falls. And there's, it, I mean, to me, it just it's looks flat. like a, it's a clearing. There's no <laughs> right. mountain. He somehow trips and falls and ends up taking this tumble, which has to be like a 10,000-foot summit to the bottom. Oh, and great. And it's fine. Yeah. He's and, just and, and fine. Speaking, yeah, and speaking of the continuity errors there, a couple times he's falling from the right, a couple other uh-huh. times he's falling from the left. It doesn't even matter. He's just falling. No, it's it's very homemade looking with with better, yeah. with better quality cameras. I was uh, a little upset at the lack of Isla Fisher shower scenes, but you know it, the, she, the movie was fine. She's uh, like without the those. cutest girl of all time. Oh, One thing How I, did Ali G work that out? We were just talking about that. Yes. We don't know. That poor little sweet girl is smothered by Borat right. every my night. Wife, my like, wife oh, is dead. That's really my wife. Yeah. Yes. Um, one thing that I was wildly intrigued by, if you're a fan of the band Europe's deep album cuts, this movie is for you because that's essentially all the soundtrack is. Is Not, that Europe all over that movie? All over it. I didn't know that. Because I remember hearing that <laughs> album when I was a kid, the one with the final countdown, and I think one of our guitar players bought it because the guitarist in that was supposedly like this wicked-ass shredder, but the songs were real cheesy and keyboard-laden. Yeah. But I remember hearing that record around the house, and I was like, that's Europe. I know those tunes. <laughs> but they're like the bad... Not that the final countdown's great, right? but it's like songs that never were heard. Right. It's like they couldn't afford that one. Yeah, they couldn't afford the final countdown, but they could afford... Danger on the track. I thought which, that was uh, all like weird prod value. No music. man, no. Nope. You can pot this up, Minna. Danger on the track. I had no idea this was Europe. Oh, this is Europe. Did you know this, Bob? No, I did not. But uh, there is one point in the wow. movie where they do put like a, a Europe tape into the stereo or something. Europe. How terrible. This is. I was headed for the mountains. I had set 
was the, the score of the movie that they showed that yeah. was so terrible that yeah. everybody, yeah. I mean, this sounds phony. <laughs> I know. This, this sounds is... made up by the guys on South Park. Yes. So this is the stuntman movie right yeah, here, the yeah. uh, trailer. Unfortunately. Yeah. Danger on the track. So many great little just throwaway moments. I don't find this film to be as rib-sticking and quotable as, say, Anchorman or Step Brothers. I thought those those lines were delivered with a little bit more authority, and the lines were just better crafted. But this is just such nonsensical, stupid, third-grade humor. Um, I, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it again. It's fine. There's some great lines in it, and there's some really understated lines that... You really have to kind of be paying attention under the breath kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's I don't know. Like I said, I don't think it's as quotable as, like, Airplane or Anchorman. Right. But it's, it's not. got its, it's place. It's not. But it's definitely got its place. Yeah, it's definitely got its place. So I put together, Bob, for you and me, oh. a little montage. Okay, okay. My favorite moments from Hot Rod the Movie. And it goes a little something like this right here. See you there. I'm going to go drop some dumpage. Oh, we can stop this whenever we want. There's uh, Danny McBride, and don't think I won't be using that. There's yeah. a lot of things that I'm going to steal from this movie. Drop you... some dumpage. Jumpage. <laughs> All right. See you there. I'm going to go drop some dumpage. Voltron. That's me. Hi, Dave. How you doing, Kathy? Why don't you call yourself Voltron? I don't know. Maybe because it's super badass. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Hells, yeah, I am. You who hits? I just found a bag of fireworks from the men's restroom. Would you guys like to light them off? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Danny McBride, or yeah, Danny Would McBride. you guys like to light, light them, them off? <laughs> He uses the name Voltron for his pickup right. order. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's super badass. <laughs> You're weird. Hells yeah, I am. Here we go. You look pretty. What did you say? Uh, I said you look pretty. <laughs> Good night, Denise. <laughs> Best line in the movie. Yep. 15 buses. Whoa, come on, Rod. That's nearly as many as Evil Knievel jumped. It's actually one more than Evil Knievel jumped, Rico. I know. I checked. Online. <laughs> online. Hi, everyone. So I thought it'd be fun if we... Okay, here's their who's on first moment that goes for about 40 seconds. Yeah. We all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. My name is Rod, and I like to party. All right, Dave, you're up. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Dave, and uh, I like to party. Uh, no, Dave, I just said that I party, so maybe do something different for me. My name is Dave, and I am the stunt man. You know what? Let's move on. Rico, you're up. Uh, hello. I'm Rico, and I like to party. Yeah. Uh, Rico, what did I just say to Dave? Who? Dave. I like to party. I'm Rod. No, you're Kevin. Right. Kevin. I party. No. No, you don't. Okay, nobody parties but me. Yes. And we party. No. Yeah, just Rod. Yes. And me. No. I'm the only one who parties. I'm pretty sure I've partied before. No, Kevin, I know for a fact you don't party, okay? You do not party. You're right. Dave's a party guy. <laughs> Grab a vitamin water. Should I make that dose? No, thanks. Coolio. Maybe I'll get a box of dong bags so we can knock boots later. What do you think? <laughs> I, have, I have to say, that's the line of the movie. 
Vitamin water. Make it a dose. No, I'm good. <laughs> Coolio. The best douchebag ever. Ever. I'm going to grab a, maybe I'll grab a box of dong bags so we can knock boots later. Will dong Arnett bags. is, dong bags. Will Arnett is perfect. He is so good at playing that character. One more time with Will Arnett and then we'll get oh to the, God. then we'll get to the fall and go to break. Grab a vitamin water. Should I make that dose? No, thanks. Coolio. Hey, maybe I'll get a box of dong bags so we can knock boots later. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Should be done. Oh, <laughs> not at all. Screaming. I know. In stereo. Yeah, certainly he's finished yeah, now, it's right? Over, it's it's over. gotta be over. <laughs> That's the one where he goes flying over the cliff like he was launched. So great. Oh my god, yeah. Hot rod with Andy Samberg. Cool beans. Good cool stuff. Beans. Cool, cool beans. Cool, 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 cool. Beep, 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 beep. Cool, cool, yeah, did you like the weird dancing Asian guy? Yeah. Oh, he didn't best. offer anything to the crew. <laughs> nope. That's He's all like he could do. Knock papers out of hands. Throw and... flyers at people and dance. <laughs> this movie's is so stupid, but it's funny. Derek it said uh, that he asked, did we know that it was dan- move for move, the dance from Footloose, Kevin Bacon's yes, dance yeah, I read in that. the woods. Yeah, very good. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. All right, Danny, thank you for not killing Hot Rod. No way, bro. And uh, the father of Hot Rod himself, the big man, will be on with us tomorrow. Girl. To do our game of the day, right. Cowboys Falcons 1980, probably somewhere in the five o'clock hour. The ticket. D E A T H. <laughs> what does that spell? Death, 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 death. Four sixteen. Sports Radio 96.7, The ticket. It's three to seven. Bob, Corby, Danny, Mino, Ty. And gentlemen, it's trifecta time. Even though I don't fully know how to participate as much as I did know how to listen for years and years and years. So I better hand this to Corby as fast as I can. It's pretty simple. Yeah, you just listen, but now you actually get to talk. Right. Instead of just listening, you can talk. (laughs) And, And here's the kicker. The people we're talking about are dead. Right. So okay, that's the so only I can't tie vote back alive. No, 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 no. You cannot. <laughs> so we got a big one. A really, really big one. I feel bad because uh, Lipton, what's his first name? James. James Lipton passed away. We never mentioned him. Inside the actor's studio. But uh, he has been usurped. Is that the name of that show? It is. By the great Kenny Rogers, who was checked out at the age of 81. Now, Kenny at the time... When I was growing up, as a wee lad, you guys are all the same age. They're really over about a 15-year period, you could say, you know, outside of Michael Jackson 
and maybe Lionel Richie and guys like that, mm-hmm. there wasn't anybody bigger in the solo world than Kenny Rogers. I don't know if it's 15 years, but definitely from the late 70s through 85, 86. Yeah. yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. Uh, now, did, how did young Corby and young Danny handle this better than young Bob did? Because uh, young Bob had no use for Kenny Rogers on my television. I had more use for Kenny Rogers than I did for Van Halen. Back then? Wow. I loved him. As a kid? Yeah, as a little kid, I loved Kenny Rogers. Same. I loved The Gambler. I loved The Gambler. I loved Coward of the County. Oh, Lucille? Lucille, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, and, and the thing is, is that my dad was, my dad had like six or ten eight tracks that were always strewn about the front seat of his car. And his greatest hits was always in the mix. Always, dude. And not only him, every dad that I knew loved Kenny Rogers. They loved, around here especially, Bob, you have to remember that growing up in Texas right. in the 70s, Dads who were about, let's say, 40 years old back then. Yeah, you know, mid-30s to yeah, yeah. early 40s. Yeah, something like that. They loved... Um, they loved they, they Outlaw loved, Country. Yes. They loved Smokey and the Bandit. They loved CBs and Kenny Rogers. Right. Yeah, I think Arnie must have missed out on all this, despite the fact that he's probably the biggest NASCAR fan uh, that I know. He wasn't into Kenny Rogers, and you would think those two things might go together a little bit, right? Willie, yeah, you totally. <laughs> Willie, Waylon, Smokey and the Bandit, and mm-hmm. Kenny Rogers. That's like that's it. That's like the the perfect storm for every dad back then. And he was also kind of the southern southern country version of Barry Gibb when it came to a look, because Barry Gibb and Kenny Rogers they personified the look that me and Corby wanted when we were little kids. Open shirt, hairy chest, luxurious winged hair, Mm -hmm. and a beard. Right. Don't forget medallions. So many medallions. (laughs) So many medallions. So the thing that most people don't realize about (laughs) Kenny Rogers is that he was in a massive counterculture hippie band. Back in the late 60s. That was called the first edition. Were you aware of this, Bob? No. Like, this is anything... I know you, you, you know, you think about it like back then, it was 1968, 67, 9, whatever it was. He was only seven years away from becoming not only the biggest country star out there, the biggest crossover star. No doubt. He was a pop star. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, but right before that, there are photos of him in full like uh like tapestry looking outfits with hippie hair and yeah, beads and straight out of straight out of hate ashbury yes yeah, so this is what the first edition sounded like and this was their big hit just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in Yeah. So here's Kenny singing. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. 
I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Sounds nothing like the Kenny that we grew to know. No. I'm the dude. <laughs> because something happened when he turned into a megastar, when he left the band and did his solo career, he developed this much more baritone vocal fry voice. That's the thing that I loved about him was his ability to to kind of get the, uh, you picked a fine. You know, had that real yeah. Yeah. That guttural kind of thing, and it was just so signature of him. And don't even forget the duets that he did with Dolly, especially Islands, Islands in the, in the stream. stream. Yeah, they were, they were huge. So oh, yeah. whenever The Gambler came, and, and the thing is, The Gambler, whenever this song came out, you huge. know, huge. You can't even quantify. On a warm there it is. Yeah. It's not the same person that was no, singing. No, it's not. We were both too tired to sleep. This was seven years later, by the way. Staring out the window at the darkness. The boredom overtook us. And he began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life out of reading people's faces. And knowing what the cards were. By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of aces For a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice So, so I handed him my It's a great song. It's a great storytelling song. Amazing. You know, the was he considered... Go ahead. Was he considered Texas's own? I never thought of him that way. Not really. Kind of transcended the state. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this song it harkens back to the, the the Marty Robbins kind of gunfighter ballads and the story songs that that he wrote in the '60s and '70s. I love this stuff. I ate this stuff up. Yeah, I did too. Uh, so this song, I mean, it really if if he only had this song and that's it, he would have been a millionaire thirty times over. You'd think. Uh, so this song hit the musical trifecta. First off, the songwriter, Don Schlitz, not the beer, took home a Grammy for Schlitt. Song of the Year and a CMA for Song of the Year. As he should have. And then, and Rogers, by the way, wrote nothing. nothing. That's the difference nothing. between him and like Marty Robbins, who wrote basically all of his own stuff. Right. So that became an empire for him, though. Uh, the song was number one. He was for an interpreter. Weeks mm-hmm. and weeks and weeks and weeks. But Until they also, made a movie. And then they made a movie, and he was in, the star of the movie was a fella named Brady Hawks, who he played, five made-for-TV films based on the song The Gambler from 1980 to 1994. That did massive numbers on CBS to the tune of like 60 million people watching it. Well, count me as one of them. I did too. They were Dang. good. Yeah. Uh, he had, if you can believe this... 30 number one singles across the U.S. pop, country, and adult contemporary charts from 77 to 92. 30. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize he went up that well into the 90s. Three Grammys, five CMA Awards, eight ACM Awards. Uh, He's in the Country Music Hall of Fame. He sold more than 100 million records worldwide. Lord. Dude, he was huge. Again, you just can't, you, you can't imagine how big this guy was. Uh, Let's hear some more tunage. Yeah, you know, you you mentioned Lucille. Mm-hmm. Had this forty-five and absolutely wore it out. In a bar in 
Toledo Across from the depot On a bar stool she took off her ring I thought I'd get closer So I walked on over I sat down and asked her her name When the drinks finally hit her She said I'm no quitter But I finally quit living on dreams I'm hungry for laughter And here ever after I'm after whatever the other life brings In the mirror I saw him And I closely watched him I thought how he looked out of place Sat there beside me He had a strange look on his face The big hands were calloused He looked like a mountain For a minute I, I thought had the same I guy write all these songs so They're all so. the same vibe I think people wrote songs with him in mind His big heart was breaking He turned to the woman and said Was he pretty much just a singer? Fine time to leave yeah me did he play guitar? I don't know. I don't think so. I think I've never seen him with one. They all have the same pacing. Coward of the County was another one. That, oh my God! That, as far as storytelling yep. songs go, was at the very top. It's all old west. Everyone yeah. considered him the coward of the county. He had never stood. And were all these songs that he had the wrong. on albums that came out if within like a year or two of each other, these massive hits, like from 77 to 81? It does feel that way, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, like that he just had a string of hits. You remember, it was like when Phil Collins had his solo career and Lionel Richie had their solo careers. Where all their hits were compressed into like three years, it seems like. But they were always on the radio. Yeah. I wonder if it's one of those things where he'd release a single or a 45 with a B-side and then it would just go smash and then rush an album out there with just a bunch of filler. Yeah. That happened a lot back then. And these guys would release like two or three albums a year. Well, he, uh, you mentioned Islands in the Stream with Dolly Parton. God, I haven't heard these songs in so I know. It makes long. me want to listen I know. to the Greatest Hits album on the way home tonight. Does he ever belt out the songs, or is he always kind of at the same volume? It's kind of the same thing. And the songs that he picked are just so well done and so well crafted. Yeah. Be your man. So good. And I think Islands in the Stream came out in like 81, 82 with Dolly. And yeah. Dolly was peaking about then, too. With girls. Ooh, I love this jam. And this had a Can very... Can you guys think about him without thinking about Kramer? No. That one episode <laughs> of Kenny Rogers Roasters. <laughs> the like, I apologize is. that all my Kenny Rogers thoughts are between the Muppets and Seinfeld, <laughs> but... Uh, Dude, that episode where is... Where we are. Iconic. We haven't even touched on him being a chicken impresario. I know. Well, that was the basis of the Seinfeld episode. Right. Yeah, with the roaster sign. It's the wood that makes it good. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> then he got the facelift, and man, 
I'm sorry. Every time that I he saw went to, him... He should have went to Jerry's guy. Jerry's looks a little more natural. His looked... Inc- it was unbelievable how that took him from 70 to 38. It, it looked like a skin mask. Yeah, it did. Well, he belongs. By the way, the Bee Gees wrote this song. Right. Yeah, they recorded it, too, well before that. Oh, they did? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, Dude Mattered, man. 81. What's the song called? Islands in the Stream. Yeah. Yeah, now that... Even going all the way back to the one in the 60s that you played to see what condition your condition was in, these are all notable even for a music moron. His last... might be my role on the show. Yeah. His last ever performance was October of 2017 with Dolly Parton. Mm Mm-hmm. And appearances from Reba McIntyre, Allison Krauss, and the Flaming Lips of all bands. <laughs> and I'm sure Wayne Coyne worships Kenny Rogers. Probably so. Well, stay they, hard, they dress, Kenny. They dress the same in the yeah, white yeah, suits. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Good all right, stuff, well, thank Harvey. you, Kenny. Do we... Okay, so we put him in. Yeah, he's in. I'm just kidding. He's in. Now I, now I totally get the trifecta. 